Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're two very different Jews talking about the same Torah together. Hello, Dov Linzer. Hey, Abby. We are in the beginning of a new book. Amazing. Yay, Deuteronomy. Last book. Last book. Can you believe it? We're getting to the last book. And we are going to start at the very beginning, Deuteronomy 1. Okay. Um, and it's verse 11 for those listening and following along. But what's interesting here is that Moses is essentially retelling the entire Torah. Exactly. The whole story from Exodus to the end. Um, and it's amazing, by the way, if you think about it, because he tells it all over in about a week. So you have a book of the Torah that was all said as Moses's valedictory speech in one week, a retelling of everything that came before. The word Deuteronomy actually means Deutero is second law because it's a retelling of the law, but also of the narratives and of the stories. And it strikes me that a week is what it basically took to create the world. <laughs> Good point. So in a way, he's telling, you know, this is the creation of our book, our story. Right. And, you know, I think creating a new world because it gets to the question of why is he retelling a story and what happens when you retell? it. You know, it creates a different reality than maybe the one that you had lived or from the a, a different telling of the story. Or maybe it's an opportunity to kind of get it right the second time. All right. That's a good point. So let's hit the verses. We're in Deuteronomy 1, 11. The Lord, the God of your fathers. This make- is Moses talking. Okay. Thank you. Moses talking. The Lord, the God of your fathers, make you a thousand times so much more as ye are and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strife, get you from each one of your tribes, wise men and understanding and full of knowledge, and I will make them heads over you. Basically, I will put them in charge of you. And ye answered me and said, the thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise men, no women, (laughs) and full of knowledge and made them heads over you, captains of thousands and captains of hundreds and captains of fifties and captains of tens and officers. It's weird that go from hundreds to fifties. Oh, I guess we're going down. And officers, tribe by tribe. And I charged your judges at that time saying, hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between a man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment. That means don't favor anyone. Ye shall hear the small and the great alike. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of any man, which means literally any race, creed. Right. Don't be influenced because of fear. For For the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for you, ye shall bring unto me, and I will hear it. We have heard this plan before. Yes. And I think this gives us a great opportunity from a different to ask author, about, in a sense, <laughs> exactly straight from God. And it gives us an opportunity to, exactly to ask like, what happens when a story gets retold? So let's talk about where it's first told. Okay. It's, it's an Exodus. It's an Exodus in the Parsha of Yitro, which is the Parsha of the 10 commandments. They're at the foot of Mount Sinai. And before the 10 commandments, Yitro sees that Moses- Let's tell who Yitro is. Moses' father-in-law. father-in-law. And he comes because he heard about the Exodus. He's drawn to the people. He sees that Moses is spending the whole day adjudicating the people, like a line a mile long. He has to listen to all their complaints. And he says, you are going to burn Burn out. Exactly. Can't do all this yourself. You cannot do all of this yourself. And here's what he says. You have to delegate. Exactly. This is now Exodus um, 18, verse 17. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, the thing thou dost is not good. Thou will surely wear away, both thou and the people with thee. So it's not good for them either. 
for this thing is too heavy for thee, thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people towards God, that thou mayest bring their causes to God. Moreover, and here comes the delegating, so that part you do yourself. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them, be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all seasons, and if it shall be great that and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for yourself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If you do this thing and God commands you, you shall be able to endure, and all the people shall go to their place in peace. And Moses hearkened unto the voice of the, his father-in-law and did all that he had said. So that is a very different version of the story. Whose idea was this? I mean, there's a tremendously powerful story in Shemot that this non-Jew who is not part of the Exodus coming from the outside, they're at the foot of Mount Sinai, and he is the one that gives the advice of how to set up their legal system, how to set up their leadership, and um, Moses goes ahead and does it. You're upset I mean, about this. I, well, I'm super impressed that that story that, you know, what does it mean that the Torah is open to all voices, that the Torah that's about to be given to God, the way it's going to be <clears throat> implemented, the leadership structure, the you know, the justice structure is all through the advice of this foreigner, right? That's a very powerful story. And then you get to our Parsha. And Moses is saying, like, he is you know, he's appropriating. He's saying, yeah, I, I realized I couldn't handle it. Here's this idea I came up with. So first of all, he's stealing the credit. I mean, Plagiarism. I'm not saying he's intending to steal the credit. I'm sure we can talk about why. But, you know, and um, and we lose the power of that story of Yitro. I'm bothered by that, too. I think that I think that it's actually extremely powerful that that he not just learned from an outsider, but is directed by mm -hmm. an outsider and and listens and so that's a loss. I agree with you uh -huh. for a change. <laughs> well, maybe the point is that he's that we have both stories. The, so this, the other story still exists. Both of these stories are in the Torah. So we haven't lost that story. Well, let's talk about that because that gets us right into the idea of why do this all again. Mm -hmm. And I think people who come to the Torah afresh don't understand why things need to get wholly repeated. Mm. It, it, it assumes that there hasn't been an absorption the first time. No, I think you, well, there might not have been because the first story was experienced 40 years ago and they might need to be reminded of it. But I think you answered your question because they're about to enter the land and maybe they need past events told in a certain way that will be most helpful for them. To retain I mean, it. To retain it. I mean, I think the point is it's not repeating, it's retelling and it's telling through a different lens. I mean, you mentioned the Seder. The, the, the mitzvah of the Seder night is not to tell the story, it's to retell the story. Meaning we don't read the verses in the Bible. The Bi that's a great story in the Bible. Why don't we just read those verses? No, you know, we shape it and tell it and emphasize the parts that we think are most important and the lessons we have to learn. So I think that's what's going on here. So I think every time we read this retelling, we should ask ourselves, what is the new lesson? Why is Moses presenting it this way to the people? And how is that supposed to guide them in a, an additional way, a different way than the previous version? Let's also just touch on what the content actually says. You okay. know, I think that it's very striking to me that this is, is the foundation of our, of our judicial system, clearly. And, and that it's, it's very explicitly talking about balance and fairness. Right. And a lack of favoritism. And, and just this line, maybe I shouldn't make too much of it. 
but ye shall not be afraid of the face of any man. I think right. in this moment that they're, that you're you're judging based on someone's race, based on someone's class, right. based on whether you're trying to get into this country. Right, so that's also the flip side, which is not just fear, but it's also in the Yitro version, it said men who despise covetousness, meaning who are not interested in material gain, are able to be totally impartial. But should we not take the face literally? Like oh. skin color? Oh, that's a, that's a very powerful contemporary read. The way in which but the face it, of people... I'm asking genuinely, is it not meant? No, no, I think it means the presence of any man. Do not be afraid of the presence, you know, but, but I, that's an extremely powerful read. To say, ye shall hear the small and the great alike, that is our judicial system. That's true. Although, again, in theory, but okay. Well, it, it's the way it's built. It's not necessarily the way right. it's carried out. Right. So I think that that's true, meaning there are the structures, but I think to hold up a model... You know, um, again, I, I, you can tell me if this is too political, but like if you ask a politician, I what want you to get political. Okay. If you, if you ask a politician what their primary objective is, they'll say to get reelected. You know, I'd like to hear the politician who says to act justly towards the people, to do what's right, to be concerned for their welfare. So I think it's important to hold that up as an ideal, even if we don't always achieve it. Well, and the, and the line and the stranger that is with him, if we go back to, uh, uh, 16, verse 16, and I charged your judges at that time saying, hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between a man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if there were um, more apt words for our time, I don't know them. I feel like the, the stranger that is with us is ultimately getting demonized and not necessarily getting heard. Yeah. And maybe just to try, tie it up to our opening discussion, it is about the stories we tell ourselves about who we are as a people, whether it's a Jewish people, an American people, what are our values, what are we striving for, and that shapes society, and that shapes what, you know, I think has a huge impact on how these systems play out in reality. And maybe to your point about the fact that the first story was a long time ago, every time we hear something, we hear it differently depending on where we are in mm -hmm. our lives, so maybe we actually just have to keep saying it again and again. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Rabbi. Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Rabbi Dove Linzer and Abigail Pogrebin. It's produced by Shira Tulishkin. The show is executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. If you like the show, head over to iTunes and leave a review. Rate us. That always helps more people find out about Parsha in Progress. And make sure to tell all of your friends. You can also write to us at ParshaInProgress at TabletMag.com. We'd love to hear your comments. That was amazing.